welcome to the College Student Success Podcast. Podcast where college students and faculty come together to talk about mental health, wellness, mentorship, and entrepreneurship. Together, we set and achieve goals for ourselves to get us where we want to be. I am your host, Derek Malenzak, and this is episode 99 of the podcast. And welcome back, everybody. End of March. We got one more month, everybody. One more month. Here we are. Uh, Welcome to week 10 of the semester, if you're keeping score at home. So that means we are going to check in on goal progress this week, having now been two-thirds of the way through the semester. And congrats to all of you for making it this far, teachers included. Uh, So today I am going to be sort of... Uh, centering the topic of today, the discussion that we're going to have around the progress that I've made and lack thereof uh, towards my goal. Uh, I'm going to talk about readiness today, readiness to change. And that is something that I, I was like, very, I'm very excited to talk about today because it was sort of a confluence of factors that came together that led to me deciding to talk about this topic and I'm excited to kind of take you through that thought process because I think it can help you if you are struggling to achieve a goal or make a big change in your life right now. So with that, let's get into it, shall we? We're going to talk about readiness to change. But first, let me kind of uh, give an overview of what my goal was and where I'm at with it and then we'll talk about that. So I had set a goal the first week of this semester to complete this article. Uh, My goal was to finish an article that I was writing. I was just getting ready to start writing. Uh, It's actually, uh, coincidentally, about podcasting. Uh, It's a journal article, and it's uh, something that would be submitted to a, like, peer-reviewed scholarly journal, and I have a student that's helping me with it. So I kind of really wanted to get it get it completely done by the end of the semester so that at the end of it she would kind of feel like it was a sense of accomplishment and achievement as well um starting to feel a little bit like that may a timeline may be too short um so it was funny though because i came back the following week and sort of changed my goal on the fly and I, I went right. I went into it a lot. I'm not going to go into to it right now, but I basically changed the goal from completing the paper to starting to get in the habit of waking up every morning early. And I'm using that as a conduit to dedicate time towards writing and the paper uh, and, and the article. So I thought, like, well, I'm going to actually focus more on the behavior or the habit, the routine of changing uh, what I do every day rather than just make this a one and done, uh, finish the article. When I'm done with the article, I won't really have anything to show for it. But if I achieve this goal, um, I will, well, I, I should change that. I would have something to show for it. I would have the article itself, the finished product. But I wouldn't have anything to sort of take with me. And this way I would have not only the article, but I'd have this change in my habits and my routine that I was looking for. So I'm struggling. Uh, that's that's the upshot of it. If you have to think about you know goal progress, uh, I have not made a lot of progress on this goal. I went through a couple of week, 
maybe three week period where I was really trying and then I have slacked off and I have not since. Uh, sorry to say. Uh, I hope this humanizes things for people that are out there that may be struggling with their goals as well. Um, you know, it happens to all of us. I changed my goal and even my changed goal, I am not, I'm not making much headway and the, the article is suffering. So what can we do, right? What, what do I always tell you guys, right? Stop. You know, the, the, the point of these check-ins is sort of to stop for a moment, look up from where you're, you've had your head buried in the minutia, the day-to-day, and look at the big picture and see where you are in your roadmap. And if you veered off course, to kind of reset your coordinates. And that's, try, that's what I'm trying to do today and what I have been doing for the last few weeks. Because it's not, it's not from a lack of time that I, I don't, that I'm not able to complete this article. So I have had time. Uh, the last few weeks, we've had spring break uh, two weeks ago. So I didn't even put out an episode that week. So I even had even more time. And then last week, uh, I actually reaped the, the true benefits because I didn't have anything, I didn't assign anything over spring break. So there was nothing to grade the week after. I always grade stuff the following week. I was really able to clear out my to-do list. You know, I have this long sort of ongoing to-do list, and I was able to clear it out. And so part of me, and I had a lot of extra free time afterwards too, so part of me was like feeling pretty good about that. But then when I would sit down, I wasn't able to truly enjoy it because in the back of my head, I have this thing eating at me like, oh, you still have that article to write, Derek, and you're not making much progress on it, and you're not making much headway in waking up early because that's when you did want to do it. Even when you do have the time, you know, you know, if I hadn't changed the goal, I could say to myself, well, I'll just work on it in this free time. I'm just not able to write when I have that free time. That's typically in the afternoons, and it's it's a period where I can do certain things productivity-wise, but I can't do something like write an article. Uh, It's just too demanding uh, on my cognitive abilities for where my energy level is at. So I've been questioning like what I can do and what the problem is, right? Because I'm thinking about it long term, this idea that, you know what, I'll get this article done eventually. It's you know, in a sense, it's it's more than halfway written. Um, the revision process is, is where the uh, the time-consuming uh, nature of it comes in. Um, but I'm worried, you know, beyond that, it's like, well, what about the next article, right? What about the dissertation that I have to write for my PhD? There's always going to be something if I want to be able to set myself apart from, you know, and, and get myself to where I want to be as a, my career is concerned. So that's sort of what's been eating at me. It's not been the lack of time to do the article. It's it's the the behavior change hasn't happened. So I'm like questioning this, you know, how ready I am to actually make this change. I thought I was ready. One of the tools we use in the beginning of the semester that I talked about it was the ICR scale. And for those of you that may have missed that episode, it's a three- you know, ICR is an acronym. It stands for importance, confidence, and readiness, you know, and you on a scale of one to 10, rate yourself how uh, how important it is it to you to make this change. And it was important to me. 
Um, how confident am I to make the change? And then how ready am I to make the change? So we're going to talk more about that last aspect today um, in assessing it in a different way. Because I thought I was ready. But it turns out I, I'm starting to have doubts about that. So what? how do you know if you're ready to make a big change? There's a f- bunch of different uh, things you want to consider. When I was working in the mental health field, and we had somebody that was considering uh, going back to work, you know, getting a job in the community. And usually, you know, the people I was working with oftentimes had spent long periods of time out of work, you know, either due to hospitalization or just, you know, the severity of their disability. So it was a big deal in a lot of cases to make that decision that they want to go back to work. So we had a service that would help with that. It's called supported employment. And it's basically you would be assigned a job coach, and the job coach would assist you in whatever way was needed with uh, you know, getting a job. But the thing was we got a lot of people that would say they want to work, but then when push came to shove, they would, for whatever reason, not follow through. So we wanted a way to figure out, okay, you say you're, you say you're ready, but how ready are you? And we used a readiness assessment, right? So we would assess people, basically take their temperature, so to speak, by asking them a variety of questions about how they're feeling about making a change. And then at the end, we would score it and we would basically rate them on how ready they were to make the change. Some people had a high degree of readiness and they were really ready. We'll talk about what that looks like in just a second here. Consequently, or conversely, some people exhibited low readiness to change. You know, they just really weren't as ready as they thought they were after going through this assessment. And so we will work on developing readiness, making somebody more ready. But we're not going to focus on that today. We're gonna, what we're going to do is focus on the different domains of readiness that you can use to ask yourself these tough questions if you're trying to make a change and running into a problem, you know, some kind of barrier, all right? So the first thing we're going to think about is need to change. How much, does this, how much is this change needed in your life, right? So some people have varying levels of a need to change, right? Let's use, it, let's use a simple example. You know, somebody that's deci- trying to decide whether or not to quit using heroin, all right? You know, pretty serious problem in a lot of cases uh, and a big decision, you know, a lot would go into making that decision of whether they're really ready to make that change. A lot of people think they're ready and they're actually not and a lot of people probably don't think that they're ready and they actually are. So how can we figure this out? Need to change is one big one. So the person that's addicted to heroin Uh, that it really hasn't impacted their life negatively yet, right? Um, They might be still like a functioning addict, which is sort of a misnomer. Um, But, you know, in that sense, what I mean is they're they're still able to hold down their job, you know, show up every day, um, go to school, you know, maintain relationships with people. You know, the the addiction hasn't gone full-blown, Um. And so as such, like, 
their family, you know, might be aware that they're using, but it, it, it's not such a severe problem that they're, you know, they're getting ready to kick the person out of their house, right? So contrast that to the person that maybe let's say their addiction is is pretty much at the same levels, right? You know, they're not they're not what you would think of when you turn on intervention and see an addict there, right? They're not, you know, to that point. They're, they're still functioning. They're still holding it together. But maybe in that situation, the, pers- the people that they're living with are very intolerant of this usage. And they're saying, as long as you're using, you cannot live here. And, you know, if you depend on that housing, that's going to present a real problem, right? You're going to have a decision to make. And so the person in this first scenario doesn't have a real high need to change, Right? If they continue to use, family hasn't indicated that they're going to kick them out. They're not having any real negative life consequences yet. So it's like, I don't, I don't really need to change right now. The person that's being threatened with eviction, that they're going to get kicked out if they don't change, has a much higher need to change their behavior if they want to keep their housing. If they don't care about it, well, then they don't have a high need for change either. You know, So think about it in your life. If the change you're trying to make, something you might be struggling with, how much do you need it to happen? I don't really have a high need to change my behavior right now. And that's one thing I'm thinking about is because if I don't make this change and I continue to wake up at the same time every day, I'm not going to lose my job. You know, um, my wife's not going to leave me. Uh, You know, I'm not going to experience horrible consequences in the short term. Maybe in the long term, I could argue, if I don't write articles or get in the habit, I'm not going to be productive uh, from a scholarly standpoint, and it could risk my appointment with the university as a faculty member. You know, but that's a long-term thing. And it's hard to really think about the consequences of a long-term problem, you know, in the short term. So my need for change was not very high. And if you are wondering... If your need for change is low or high, here are a couple of questions you can ask yourself. What do you like about your situation right now? What do you dislike about it? For me, I like sleeping in, you know? I'm not like a a person that's like all about sleep, like, oh, I love sleeping. I'm going to sleep all I can on the weekends because it's just what I love. I know people like that. Um, You know, I use sleep as a functional thing, right? I sleep until I'm not tired anymore and then I'm, I'm I'm ready to get up. I'm looking forward to getting up and starting my day. <coughs> so what do I I like about where I'm at is is you know I feel like rested when I get up. What do I don't like is I don't like this feeling when I'm sitting there in the afternoon and I have I'm I'm giving my permission myself permission to to do things that you know are enjoyable to take part in some kind of leisure or activity because I've done everything I need to but I can't fully let go and enjoy myself because I know I still got this fucking article to write right so I don't that's what I don't like about my current situation despite not having a terribly high degree or need to change my behavior you can also think about success, and that's where it's tripping me up, right? How successful would you say you've been? 
And so overall, you know, with my career, okay, it's it's going pretty well. Um, but when I come, when I think about my article writing career, it's very young. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not happy with my level right now. You know, so for that, I, I do feel this need to change. All right, so we got need to change down a little bit. Now let's talk about commitment to change. So how committed are you? Um, how is it? How important is it that you make the change? Would be one question. This is the belief that change is positive, possible, and going to be supported by other people. Okay, so let's take those one at a time. So positive. So do you think that making this change is actually going to be a positive thing in your life? Right. Um, I do believe that, but I could see why other people may not, right? Like, so, you know, again, thinking about how, like, long-term changes, you know, may impact your life uh, on a scale where it's harder to see the incremental, you know, improvements. Um, If I don't think that something is really hurting me, I'm probably not going to believe that the change is going to be positive, right? So let's say, you know, I like to drink alcohol. And, you know, I might have somebody saying, you know, you really shouldn't drink alcohol. You know, it's, it, you know, could lead to health problems or you have addiction in your family, you know, whatever the reason that somebody else has this belief about you that you shouldn't use alcohol. Um, you might kind of resist and be like, no, I don't think stopping that behavior of drinking is really going to be that positive of a change in my life. You know, I'm not a big drinker, so, you know, I don't, it doesn't impact me negatively. You know, if I were an addict, you know, I could see that. So, you know, think about somebody that wants to make a change on your behalf when you think about this. And then think about whether you agree with them as to whether that's really going to be a positive thing in your life, right? In other cases, it might be harder, right? Like a cigarette smoker, you know. It's hard to argue, as if you're a cigarette smoker, that stopping smoking is not going to be a positive change in your life. But you could, right? You could make the argument that cigarettes really help you manage your stress. You know, I remember when I stopped smoking, one of the things that I I really liked about smoking that I didn't really anticipate missing as much as the camaraderie you have with cigarette smokers. You know, when you see somebody light up and you, you know, smoking with them, you have that instant connection of something in common. And I think it's heightened by the fact that most people think it's a terrible habit. So that when you find somebody else that's sort of endorsing this habit, you're like, oh, yeah, like you're in it, you're doing this bad thing with me too. Like, come on, let's, you know, bond a little bit. So it might be hard for you to be like, yeah, it really wouldn't be positive for me to make this change and quit smoking. Um, but other things, you know, like for me, it's like I could I could see myself arguing the negative. It's like I don't really think like getting up every morning is going to be a positive change for me because uh, I don't intend to go to bed any earlier. So really the net effect is going to be I'm going to get less sleep. And so if I get less sleep – 
that is going to hinder me in the all the other life domains that I have outside of you know article writing. So I'm not going to be very committed to that change if I don't think the change is going to be positive. What about possible? If you don't think you can actually do it, how how easy is it going to be to make that change? <laughs> this is one I remember when I was talking about when I remember doing the ICR skill talking about, you know, how confident I was, the C part. And I was pretty confident. And one of the reasons I was confident is because I knew I had made this change in the past. But I misjudged what my need was, I think. My need in the past was I had an infant in the house who was waking my ass up. And before that, I had a puppy that was waking me up to go for a walk. So it was hard to ignore those influences. I don't have that same, you know, dog in my ear or baby in my ear being like, get up, it's 5 a.m. So my commitment just isn't there. Um, Despite me believing that I can make this change, like this is one area I still believe this change is possible. I'm still very high in that area. I have not abandoned that belief. Uh, What about supported by others? This one's really tricky, right? Take the uh, addict example, right? Um, and so let's say you're thinking about making a change. You want to quit using drugs, whatever drug it is. But the person you're dating, maybe they're also a user too, they're not really super behind you making that change. And they might on the surface be like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. But in, maybe you know deep down it's like, they're not really super happy or excited because they know it's going to make it might make them force a change or it's going to cause a fundamental shift in their relationship. Well, you're probably going to be a lot more hesitant to make the change than if your significant other was like, "Baby, I totally believe that you can do this. I'm going to support you in every way possible. You know what? I'm going to try to and do it with you." You know, that person is going to feel like, wow, I'm really supported right now in making this change. And that goes a long way. So for me, with trying to make a change of getting up earlier in the morning, I'm not like getting a lot of support either way. You know, my wife doesn't give a shit if I get up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or, you know, 6.30. As long as, you know, Wyatt gets to school, you know, she's fine. You know, she knows I'll get my shit done. So she's not sitting there in the morning at 5 a.m. being like, come on, honey, you could do it. I'm going to get up with you. I wouldn't expect her to. This isn't her change. This is what I'm looking to do. So I might be struggling a little bit in that area. But she's also not discouraging me, right? She's not saying like, oh, come back to bed. You know, oh, you don't want to do that. So I'm sort of, you know, I have to kind of do this on my own. I have to self-motivate, all right? So just to review, we're thinking about assessing readiness, right? So when you are unsure if you're ready to make a change, you want to look at what is your need to change? How much do you need to make this change? Some people have a high need, you know, life or death. Other people have a very low need. What is your commitment? Commitment to change means believing change is going to be positive for you, going to be possible, and supported by other people. All right, let's think about awareness now. 
I've talked about self-awareness a good deal in the past on this episode. I mean, on this podcast, Gary Vaynerchuk, very big fan of self-awareness, says that if he could figure out how to teach self-awareness, it would make him more money than anything else he would be do- than he's doing. And I believe that. Um, there are some things to do, though. So we want to think about awareness in two different domains. Internal awareness, which is literally self-awareness, and external, which is awareness about the world around you. Okay, So internal awareness, how well do you know yourself? How well do you know what you like and what you don't like? And how well do you know your value, what your values are? And I'm, I could hear it now. People listening to this podcast being like, of course I know what I like and I don't like. You know, um, I, the biggest thing that I've learned about getting older <laughs> and why I think I'm happier now than I was in my 20s is I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And it, it sounds so silly, but it's taken me this many years to really, really know, you know, these are, and I'm not talking about, I don't know, I'm not talking about little things like, you know, the type of foods I like, you know, or the type of music. I'm talking about lifestyle stuff, you know, the people that I like to surround myself with, the hobbies that I like to engage in, you know, uh, the, the stuff that I like to read and listen to, Um because knowing what you like is also so powerful because it, it teaches you what you don't like or what you don't prefer and allows you to drop that stuff and become more focused and efficient. On a small scale, I was just doing this like yesterday or two days ago. I, you know, as you know, I listen to a shit ton of podcasts and I subscribe to a lot. I, there's like 25 podcasts or something that I subscribe to. And... Every once in a while, like th- this has been building since I went on my, my cruise in January before I even started up this semester. Like I went away for a week, had really no, basically no internet, and I came back and I had a week's worth of podcasts. And ever since then, I've been playing catch up. Uh, so like, you know, I, on any given time, I'll open up my uh, app and I'll have, you know, a dozen podcasts that have been like in the queue. And some of them are, you know, quite old. And I, I went through and I was like, you know what? If I haven't listened to this podcast in the last two months, I'm not going to listen to it and just deleted it, you know. And then if there was a a number of those from the same podcast, you know, a number of episodes, I was like, I reevaluated my desire to even be subscribed to that podcast. And I unsubscribed from a few this week because it's like I'm just not really consistently listening. And you know what? I'd rather not listen and find something that I'd rather do then sort of, quote unquote, waste my time, you know, I, I realized that, you know, after some time, I don't really prefer that anymore. It's trial and error. It's a constant trial and error process. And that's why I think that this really becomes apparent as you get older, because I have so much more experience, you know, than somebody that's, you know, of a traditional college age in figuring out the shit that I've liked and the shit that I don't like. Um, so, I, I I tend to believe I have a pretty high degree of self-awareness, but I don't even know if I do because I only, I'm limited by my own self-awareness, right? Um, but I definitely have thought about this stuff outside of this writing assessment and being like, I, I do think this is why people, as they mature, um, a good reason why people get happier. Um, 
And so internally, you know, I know that's why I've had this feeling of like, I can't truly be like, you know, satisfied with the fact that my to-do list is basically empty and I'm caught up on everything because not only do I have this article that I'm not caught up on, but I have this like, it's more like a lifestyle thing that's not really suiting me right now. I'd rather get myself into a situation where I make the change, you know, put the time in my life to do what I need to do. And then when I could sit down and look at that to-do list and be like, now I really can relax because not only did I do everything I had to do, I also put in 45 minutes this morning on that article and I know I'm going to do it tomorrow too. So question if you are unsure about whether you're ready to change and you've gone through the first two things, question your own awareness about the change. Does it really align with your preferences in life uh, or does it align with your values? And if it does, like this one does for me, you know, my values of productivity of and my awareness of knowing that I'm a morning person, that I, I cannot carve this time out at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's just I know myself well enough to know that that's just not possible. I'd rather go to bed earlier, as much as I hate that idea, to get up earlier because long-term I know that that's going to be the best decision for me. The next thing we're thinking about, so we talked about internal or self-awareness. What about external awareness? External awareness is basically knowledge about the stuff around you, your environment, your community, and the the specific things that surround the change you're trying to make. Right. So if you have an addiction and you know internally, you know it's a problem. You have that amount of self-awareness that you need to make a change. And you believe, you know, change is going to be positive for you and it's going to be supported by people around you. But maybe you're questioning whether it's possible because you don't even know what the first place to go to get help for your addiction. Yeah, that's a lack of external awareness, right? So if I was a practitioner working with that person, I would be talking with them about, hey, did you know that you, you know, there's this resource for you and this resource and hey, let's check this one out together or when you leave today, why don't you go, you know, look into this. Um, to me, this is sort of the easiest thing to build up if you're lacking in it because it's just, it's information, right? Um, and this one's also probably the one that impacts my, my change the least, Um there's certain things about the environment that I've tried to do to make this change more positive and possible. Uh, and it's silly, but it makes sense, right? So one thing I did is I realized that, you know, in the wintertime, it's a lot more difficult for me to get up and make a change, get up early because it's fucking cold. <laughs> and so one thing I did was I set my thermostat to to, to kick in a little earlier so that by the time I, I do want to wake up at, you know, 5 or 5.30, that the house is warmed up and that makes it a little more inviting to get out of bed. The biggest thing that I've learned about self-awareness, uh, external, I'm sorry, not self-awareness, um, external awareness uh, is 
uh, and the thing that really spawned me to get back into making this change was uh, listening to a podcast recently about circadian rhythm, circadian rhythm. Um, so that's like the natural rhythm of your body. You know, the times that you feel alert, the times that you feel drowsy, the times that you wake up and go to bed, um, not even, not considering an alarm clock. You know, it's just considering your body. You know, the times that, you know, you have a circadian rhythm to your hunger, you know, and, and your digestion. Do you poop at the same time every day? You know, these are all things that relate to a circadian rhythm. It's it, natural. It's, your, it's nature. And it's been observed in many different aspects of nature. So I really started thinking about my own circadian rhythm after listening to this podcast. And I was like, you know what? Part of my rhythm is I go to bed, you know, whatever, between 1030 and midnight, I guess. Um, But I always tend to wake up around 5 a.m. every morning uh, to use the bathroom. And I don't set an alarm. It's just my, my body clock being like, oh time to wake up and use the bathroom uh and it's never like i have to run to the bathroom it's not it's not like that kind of thing but i think it also has to do with my sleep cycles so i got a, a fitbit uh, for christmas so i've been tracking a lot of things about my body you know my how many steps i take and it tracks my heart rate and it also tracks my sleep so i've been able to, now that i've had it for like three months i've, I've collected a, a good amount of data so looking at it, and you can see like how much time, you know, what your average bedtime is, what how long you sleep on average, and it even will tell you like how much REM sleep you have versus deep sleep and how much time you're awake. So I can look at that and really see what my circadian rhythm it does or how it changes based on, you know, the external things around me. So I thought about this and I looked at those sleep cycles and I'm like, you know what? My body seems to be ready to wake up at 5 a.m. every day because it wakes up because it, and, and, and partially because I have to use the bathroom. But it also, I think, has to do with the fact that I'm finishing a cycle of sleep. Um, so it's just a natural time to wake up, you know, so I'm thinking to myself, well, in the past, what I was trying to do was I was setting alarm for like 5.30, and I even used a, another trigger. I would set my coffee maker for 5.30, and it's really loud because it grinds the beans before ma- brewing the coffee. So it was a good uh, secondary alarm. And then the smell of the coffee, you know, I was trying all these things. <coughs> um, but now what I'm thinking is, you know what? Why did I – it was stupid to get up at 5 o'clock, go to the bathroom, and then go back to bed for half an hour. <laughs> That's just dumb. I'm already up. Why don't I just get up at 5 a.m.? Uh, because that's the rhythm of my body anyway. So that's what I'm going to try and do. But it was only after that external, you know, listening to that podcast, I knew about circadian rhythm. But thinking about how, you know, that affected me and then, you know, sort of – comparing that to the data that I had on my Fitbit and just knowing myself and, you know, when I get up and when I go to bed, I'm like, it'll probably be overall a little easier to make this change if I just sync up when I wake up with my natural time that I wake up instead of going back to bed. You know, easier said than done, right? I like going back to bed for that extra hour of of sleep, but I don't really think I need it in most cases. 
So that's what I'm going to try and do. Uh, And I went through this and I always struggle with these episodes because I'm like, am I just talking about myself ad nauseum? Are people like tuning out because they don't care about me? Um, I hope you can take away the lesson here, the lesson about being ready or lacking readiness. And if you do, lacking readiness, a sign of that is you're not following through with your goal right now. You're lacking readiness in some way. So when I assessed myself, that's what I found out. Uh, I My need for change is not super high, so I have to combat that. I think my commitment to change is still fairly high. My internal awareness, high. External, I've made some improvements and I, that I think are going to help me do better the next time I try and tackle this starting next week. <laughs> Um, There is one last aspect of the formal readiness assessment that is, uh, you know, not really, it doesn't really relate when you're assessing yourself, but it's closeness to the practitioner. So if you have somebody that you're working with in trying to make a change, think, for example, um, like if you see a therapist and you've been seeing them for a while, think about why you're seeing them. What are you trying to change about yourself? And then think about how successful you've been. Right now, if you haven't been successful, let's say you've been seeing a therapist for anxiety, you know, to deal with an anxiety problem, and you, you know, you've been seeing him for a year, and you have not really seen much improvement in your anxiety, and you, uh, you know, you need to make the change. You're committed to it. You have a lot of self awareness. You have a lot of external awareness about the tools. You know, all that's lining up, and you're like thinking to yourself, like, why am I still struggling with this? Closeness to practitioner might be the thing to think about last is like, am I really, do I really feel comfortable around this therapist to the point where I'm sharing, you know, what I need to be sharing? Or is there a little bit of a a distance there? And if so, maybe that's what's holding up the change. So if your change relates to working with a practitioner, a therapist, a psychiatrist, some sort of medical doctor, uh, a counselor, an academic coach, you know, whatever it is, and you're struggling and everything else, you're checking all the boxes on everything else. That's one other thing to look at is closeness of practitioner. So uh, that really doesn't relate to me. I'm not working with somebody, you know, on this goal. So I hope this has been helpful today. This is one of those episodes that I have when it came to me that I, w- I was struggling for a topic with a topic of what to talk about this week, and then I had this problem, and I was like, man, you know, readiness would be such a great thing to talk about. I'm sure I've talked about it already. And I was expecting to find in, like, an episode in the first season there where I like focused on it and just forgot. But I hadn't, and I was like, that even like put it more into focus for me. And it's like when all of these things in my life start to overlap in different environments – Right. So I wanted to make this change. It was for, you know, this aspect of, you know, being more productive at work. You know, I saw the, the problem of it ar- arrive when I tried to engage in leisure activities, you know, thinking I was done with work and wasn't able to fully let go. I saw it when I was listening to a podcast and something completely unrelated and then related it back to my own life. I sort of when I see patterns like that. It's this universe trying to tell me something. And I, I implore you guys to, to keep your eyes and your ears receptive, right? 
when you see you know something come up in your life and it's something maybe like a friend mentions and then you see it uh in an ad between a youtube video you know and then you read about it in a book in a class it's the universe trying to tell you something to look more into that thing you know i don't have any kind of science to back this up it's just it's just what I've learned to listen to, and it, it has paid off. So listen to the universe <laughs> would be the uh, final part of advice that I have for you if you are struggling with your goal achievement like I am this semester. But the good thing is we have each other, right? And we're, we, we can get through this, right? Um, we can get through the semester. If it's been a really hard semester, we're almost there. Uh, and we can get through make you know a difficult change, and sometimes the 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 decision is you know what I'm not going to do that I'm going to quit, <laughs> um, and that's okay right We've talked about that that I definitely know I did an episode on uh, it's called the quitters episode if you want to uh, look it up. Uh, so that's what I got for today, guys. I was really uh, excited to bring this to you. Again, I struggle sometimes when I make myself the focal point of the conversation, but I really did it to try and illustrate this point, illustrate this point of readiness to change. And I hope you find that uh, that idea a little bit valuable to you when you are engaged in your goal pursuits. So, with that, hope you guys have a great week. Next week is episode one hundred of the College Student Success Podcast. I cannot even fucking believe that. So it's going to be a special episode, and it is going to be a little bit gratuitous in terms of, like, I will be talking about myself, uh, stuff I've learned. I don't know how exactly I'm going to frame it, but um, expect that. It's going to be a me episode. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to have a guest. Uh, And it's going to be um, retrospective, you know, looking back. And, um, you know, I... You know, sorry, you're just gonna, you know, I, I just feel like it's it's only the right thing to do uh, when you get to like a milestone, like 100 episodes, something that I, I did not really think I'd be able to achieve or that I would achieve. I think I, I think I believed I could, but I when I sat down, I didn't expect like, wow, I'd be here three plus years later and 100 episodes in. So we'll celebrate that next week. Um, until then, have a kick-ass week, everybody. Get at your goals, check in, look up from the daily grind, kind of see where you're at, see if you've deviated off your path, and if so, take steps to kind of steer yourself right back on that path, because I know it's positive, possible, and I am there supporting you. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Peace.